0: Okay, so we're, um, I have a question for you first thing this morning as we look uh, into the next bit of our acceptance series. And my question is Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? What is it you feel when you think about yourself? You know, the Spice Girls years ago sung about who do you think you are? Interesting, they're having a bit of a re- re- revival, they're coming back apparently. Maybe not as Spice girls so much as Spice Ladies now or Spice Slightly Older Women. But who do you think you are? Are you contented when you think about yourself? Are you happy? Do you think, yes, I'm great? Or are you dissatisfied and discontented? Do you live with phrases like, I wish I was. I wish I had. You know, for me, I guess... It might be, I wish I was taller. You know, as someone who might be described as vertically challenged, I wish I was taller might be something that I would feel. In fact, it's quite ironic that my name is Long. (laughs) I once had a child who I taught, said, why are you called Mr. Long when you're so short? (laughs) You know, we can all long to be something different. Taller, thinner, more sporty, cleverer, whatever it might be, we can live with this. I wish I was. If only, if only I didn't have this going on in my life. If only this wasn't how I was. And how we view ourselves can be shaped by so many things by our friends, our family, by our colleagues, our neighbors. Things they say, even strangers, can influence the way we view ourselves. Our experiences, good things and bad things, traumas maybe we've been through, crisis. They all shape how we feel and the way we think about ourselves. What we see and hear around us, things we watch on television, things we read on the internet, it can shape the way we see ourselves, how we feel and we think. And many of us end up feeling discontented struggling to accept ourselves and there is a place for pressing on and not settling where we are don't hear me wrong there is a place for that but when discontentment leads to defeat and a victim mentality and safe self-hating that's contrary to god's will we're in our third week of our acceptance series and uh It's a vitally important trait for us as a church and for us individually as we get hold of this acceptance. Colin, two weeks ago, looked at what God thinks of us and that's foundational. Actually, we're going to be visiting quite a lot of that again today. Last week, we looked at how we accept one another, the way we think of one another and today we're moving on to think about what we think of ourselves. And for many of us, that could even be harder than the way we think about one another. Now, last week, the verse that I flagged up to you, Romans fifteen seven, said, accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. Accept one another, just as Christ has accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. Well, when it says one another, I suggest one another might include ourselves too. Christ has accepted you, therefore, you need to accept yourself. And when we do, when you do that, you bring praise to God. Wow. When you choose to accept yourself for who God made you, you actually bring praise to him. Now, as last week, we're going to consider, first of all, what acceptance isn't and what it is. And then secondly, building an acceptance lifestyle. Things that we should avoid and things that we should do if we're going to be accepting of ourselves. So first of all, acceptance. It is not. Things acceptance is not. Now again, last week I said acceptance isn't tolerance. When we're thinking about other people, you know, the world in our society, we're taught we need to tolerate one another. And I said acceptance isn't simply tolerating. Because tolerating, you can do it at a distance, You can put up with someone, but you need never engage with them. And I think some of us can live through life simply tolerating ourselves. We can just put up. I don't think great about myself. I don't think I'm all that much. But I'll just get through life. Randall Stevenson, I quoted him last week, the CEO of AT&T, he said he doesn't want his staff just to tolerate one another, but instead to seek to understand one another. And I think we need to seek to understand ourselves to recognise how factors like tiredness and hunger affect us. Well, they certainly do for me. I know if I'm tired or hungry, or worse still, if I'm tired and hungry... I am not necessarily such a nice person to be around. And also, it's much, much harder to control my thought life when I'm in those situations or when there's something stressing me out. And in those sorts of situations, I can spiral downwards and go into this, woe is me. Life is awful. Aren't I horrible? But it's learning to understand ourselves and thinking, actually, no, maybe some of this is just the situation I'm in right now. I'm not going to accept this way of thinking because of just how things are going on. So acceptance is not simply tolerating, nor is acceptance affirmation. And this is something I said last week as well when we're thinking about accepting other people, but it's equally true when we're thinking about ourselves. There are things in our lives that we choose to do that are not glorifying to God. There are sinful choices we make. And when we choose to say yes, we want to accept ourselves, we're not saying we are accepting the sinful life in our uh, life's choices. You know, God doesn't condone our sins, and neither should we, but He does accept us and love us. You know, we can live with phrases like, Well, that's just the way I am. I'm just someone who loses their temper all the time. Or maybe phrases like, I have always being like this. I have always done this. I've always struggled with handling money. I've always lusted after others. That's just the way I am. Acceptance isn't about affirming those sinful desires and lifestyle choices. It's accepting who we are and seeking to then walk in the good of what God wants us to be. You know, we are new creations. The old has gone, the new has come. Let's live in the good of this truth. You know, Robin this morning started off by asking us those questions and we replied, no, we've been set free by Christ. We're no longer slaves to sin. So acceptance isn't about saying, yeah, I'm just going to stay the way I am. It is pressing into all that God wants us to be. And finally, acceptance isn't self-love or pride. Pride. The Bible talks a lot about pride. You don't have to look far without it coming up. We're called to walk humbly, to be a humble people. You know, yes, it's all, yes, we should accept ourselves, but we shouldn't go to the extreme of that being a pr- proud thing. Walk in humility with sober judgment. Romans twelve three says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly than he ought to think but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Paul's saying there not to think more highly than we should. Acceptance is about not thinking more highly than we should and not thinking more low either. It's getting the balance right. So if that's what acceptance isn't, if it isn't about tolerance and affirmation and about pride or self-love, what is acceptance? Well, I believe acceptance is loving and valuing ourselves in the way that God loves and values us. He's accepted us. That's what what that verse in Romans uh, says. Because Christ has accepted us. He has accepted us. We're chosen, dearly loved children. One of my favourite verses in the Bible. 1 John 3 1 Says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. You know, if you've put your trust in Him, if you call yourself a Christian, you are a child of God. The great love that the Father has lavished on us, lavished, there's a wealth. In that. it's not stingy in his measurement. He loves us. We are dearly loved children. Accept it. Another fantastic truth: Jeremiah 29:11, many of you know it. it says, "I have plans. God has plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God looks at you. He sees you as dearly loved children, precious, chosen. And furthermore, he sees you as someone who's full of potential. He has plans for you. doesn't matter how old or young you are. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter where you've come from. He has plans for you. Full of potential. Acceptance is about realising and recognising and stepping into that. That view that God has of you. It's so important we see ourselves the way that God sees us. So if that's what acceptance isn't and what it is, how do we go about building an acceptance lifestyle? How do we go about learning to accept ourselves in a godly way? To think the way that God thinks about us. Well, like last week I said developing an acceptance lifestyle is a bit like trying to be healthy a physical healthy lifestyle and when you're doing that there's things you need to avoid like fatty foods and lots of sugar and just sitting around watching television all day and there's things you need to do like actually getting off your bottom and getting out and about and exercising and eating uh, good choices of food getting your five a day and that sort of thing there's things you need to stop doing there's things you need to start or continue doing And I think acceptance, building an acceptance lifestyle, learning to accept ourselves, there's certain things we need to avoid doing and there's certain things we need to start or continue doing. So things we need to avoid. We need to avoid comparing ourselves to others. There's always going to be someone who is faster than you or slower than you. There's always going to be someone taller than you or shorter than you. There's always going to be someone stronger than you or weaker than you. There's going to be someone who's more intelligent or less intelligent. There's going to be someone who has more money or less money. There's going to be someone who has a bigger car or a newer car or a smaller car or an older car. There's going to be someone with a newer phone or an older phone. There's going to be someone with a bigger house or a smaller house or a no house. There's going to be someone who's holier than you, more spiritual than you. There's going to be someone who is less holy than you in your thinking. There's always going to be people that you consider better or worse than you. You know, the things we read, the things we watch can feed into this way of thinking, of comparing. It's so easily done. You know, the books we choose to read, The blogs we get up. The Facebook posts. There aren't many people who post on social media about sitting at home on their own. There aren't many people who post on Facebook Oh, I've been looking after the kids all day. Or I've been to the doctors today. Or I've made a cup of tea today. There are not many people who do that. There are lots and lots of people who say, woo, isn't life great? I'm out partying. I've got all these friends. And we can read those and we can think, oh, my life's rubbish. But in reality, those people who posted those, their whole life is not. Woohoo! There might be moments of that, like hopefully there are moments in all of our lives that we get really excited, but there's also moments of low, but you don't tend to put them up there. One of the things that's really, I found, very freeing this year, and it was more necessity than anything, my phone is quite a limited memory on it, and it can't cope with Facebook. And so I've deleted it. So I don't have this in my face all the time. It doesn't pop up. I go on it every now and again because actually I think there is some value in communicating. But it can be so unhelpful. We need to be really careful what we feed our minds because it can lead to comparing and it can lead, well, I think comparing leads to one of two things, neither of which are healthy or helpful. It can either lead to pride, thinking, oh, aren't I great? I'm so much better than that person. I don't live my life that way. Or it can lead to discontentment and dissatisfaction. My life's rubbish. We need to avoid comparing. We need to avoid how do we measure up with other people? Secondly, we need to avoid excluding ourselves and opting out. You know, it's so easy to do, isn't it? We can exclude ourselves. We can look around us and oh, well, I'm not like them. I don't belong. We can even do it in church setting. I'm just not like them. How many of us have ever told ourselves that lie? There's no one like me. I'm just... And if I wasn't here, they'd all just get on fine without me. We can opt out. There's no one like me here. We can get really creative on listing our, differ- listing our differences and then we opt out. You know, we might turn up, but we might distance ourselves, nonetheless. We might still go through the motions. But you know what? The Bible's really clear. We're all of equal value. We're all of equal value. God looks at us and loves us as much as he looks at the person next to you and loves them. There's no hierarchy of gifts. You might look at someone and say, oh, they're such a good worship leader. They're so great with the kids. They're a great listener. I could never be like them. No, you can be like you and how God made you to be. Don't be dissatisfied with the gifts you have been given. You know, we need to actively place ourselves among others and to engage. And yes, there is courage often needed to do that. But we need to be proactive and not excluding ourselves. And finally, we, if we're going to build an acceptance lifestyle, we need to avoid putting ourselves down. So, we need to avoid comparing ourselves to others. We need to avoid opting out or excluding ourselves. And we need to avoid putting ourselves down. You all agreed that we're to speak well of others, yeah? You agree it's good to speak well of others? But we should do so of ourselves too. We need to avoid phrases like, oh, I'm rubbish. I'm so stupid. I'm a failure. You know, what we say over ourselves has impact. We need to make sure that we take time and we recognise some of these lies. Perhaps we're articulating. We might not even say it out loud, but we might think them. And we need to recognise them and reject them, throw them out, and instead declare truths over ourselves, which I'll come on to shortly. But we need to stop putting ourselves down, stop speaking badly about ourselves, Stop reinforcing the lies. They might be lies that have been declared over you by other people, but you've now internalized them. You've taken them on yourself. I will never be good at that. I'm awful at that. Let's stop that. Let's avoid those things. And instead, what should we be doing? What should we start doing? We need to be honest. We need to be honest with ourselves. We need to recognize When there are things that need sorting out, we need to recognise, and that's about integrity, being honest with ourselves, and be honest with others, and that takes courage too. Sometimes there's stuff that goes on that we can't do on our own. God didn't make us to be isolated and dependent, he made us to be interdependent. it's okay to ask for help when there's things we struggle with. You know, there might be sinful lifestyle choices you just really struggle to break free from. And sometimes just taking the step of courage can help to break that. Sometimes lack of self-acceptance is linked with shame. And as we choose to be bold and courageous and share that with someone, it can break that hold it has over us and provide a way forward. So, we need to be honest, we need to be accountable. We also need to forgive ourselves. Again, this is so hard. It's so hard. We talked about this when we did the Look to Forgiveness back in September last year. It's easy to hold on to the guilt and the shame over things. But again, God says, I forgive you, I've paid the price. You know, holding on to unforgiveness of others or ourselves is like a poison. It eats away at us. But the moment we forgive, even choosing to forgive ourselves, it brings life, it brings freedom. We need to speak truth to ourselves as well. We need to speak truth. Instead of speaking lies, we need to speak truth. Replace those lies with truth. You know, many of us over the last couple of years, we've worked through the Freedom in Christ course. It's packed full of statements. What we're going to do, I'm going to get you to help me right now, and you're going to read some. We're going to read them out slowly. If you can have the next slide up, please, Mike. We're going to read, the, read these out together. We won't read the actual Bible verse. We'll read the statements. And we're going to declare them over ourselves. Because this is the th- some of the things that God says about us. Okay, so here we go. I am accepted. I am no longer rejected, unloved or dirty. In Christ, I am completely accepted. God says, I am God's child. I am Christ's friend. I have been justified. I am united with the Lord and I am one spirit with him. I have been bought with a price. I belong to God. I am a member of Christ's body. I am a saint, a holy one. I have been adopted as God's child. I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. I have been redeemed and forgiven for all my sins. I am complete in Christ this is what the Bible says about you and me these are the truths you know when we're tempted to go down the lines of I'm worthless I'm rubbish no one loves me we need to stop ourselves we need to reject those and instead declare truth and I'd encourage you to get these sorts of things in you you know if you haven't got one of those freedom in Christ cards that has these on speak to me or Jackie or Lizzie and we can get you those or better still do a search through the Bible. Find what does God say about you? You know what you could do, you could make a point really practical. First thing in the morning, when you're feeling a little bit bleary eyed and kind of not quite with it, you could choose to look in the mirror and say those to over yourself. What good that would do to get it in you, to let it soak into you. You could look at the mirror and say, you are complete in Christ. What a way to start the day. Before you get into anything else, just to to declare some of these truths. You have been adopted as God's child. You could look yourself in the eyes and say that. might sound a bit silly, but I think it would do you good. What we're doing when we do this is we're aligning our thinking with the way God thinks about us. Which brings me on to my next point. You know, if we're going to build an accepting of ourselves lifestyle, fundamentally we need to align our thinking with the way God does, the way He thinks about us, the way He views us. Because His way, His view is the only accurate, untainted, unfaltering. View of ourselves. Our view of ourselves actually isn't accurate because, as we said already, it's shaped by all sorts of things, by comments people make over us, things we see. We all get fed by all sorts of things, and it just means that our view isn't accurate. But God's is, He sees us exactly how we are. And I've said already, you know, what we fill our minds with affects us. What is it you fill your mind with? Do you spend hours and hours reading books full of all sorts of unhelpful things? Do you spend hours and hours scrolling through the latest social media posts? Or do you fill your time feeding your mind with what God thinks? Philippians 4, 8. It's a fantastic verse. Whatever is true... Whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, think about these things. Feed your mind with things that are good and honest and honourable and pure. You know, if you expose yourselves to things of the world, those things will shape your mind. If you expose your things to things of God, they will feed your mind. It will happen. Whatever you spend your time dwelling on will shape you. Romans 12.2 tells us, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How are you going to renew your mind? By immersing yourself in what God says. And I want to do that for you right now. I came across a great article on the Desiring God website called What God Thinks About You. And what I want to do, I just want to read it slowly over you. If you want to shut your eyes, what I do, then you're welcome to. But just let this almost be like a shower over you. Because this guy, John Reinhardt, he wrote it, imagine what God might say over you. And I just think it's so powerful. Just let this truth sink in. Let it do something to align your thinking this morning. I am the creator, and you are my creation. I breathed into your nostrils the breath of life. I created you in my own image. My eyes saw your unformed substance. I knit you together in your mother's womb. I know the number of hairs on your head, and before a word is on your tongue, I know it. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are more valuable than many sparrows. I have given you dominion over all sheep and oxen and all beasts of the field and birds of the heavens and fish of the sea. I have crowned you with glory and honour as the pinnacle and final act of the six days of creation. However... From the very beginning, you exchanged the truth about me for a lie. You worshipped and served created things rather than me, the creator. You have sinned and fallen short of my glory. Just as I said to Adam and Eve, the penalty for your sin is death. And in your sin, you were spiritually dead. You were children of wrath, living as enemies to me. You turned aside from me. You became corrupt. There is none who does good, not even one. What you deserve is my righteous judgment. And yet in my great love I gave my unique son that all those who believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. While you were still sinners, Christ died for you. While you were still hostile toward me, you were reconciled to me by the death of my son. Sin doesn't have the last word, grace does. Now everyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. You have believed You who have believed are born again. I have adopted you. You are children of God, heirs of God. You are no longer orphans. You belong to me. I love you as a perfect father. In my eyes, you are a brand new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. Sin is no longer your master, for you died to sin and are now alive to me. You are finally free from the slavery of sin and death. There is now no condemnation for you. All your sins are forgiven. All your unrighteousness has been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. You are now righteous in the sight, in my sight with the very righteousness of my perfect son. You've been saved by grace. You've been justified by faith. You are utterly secure in me. Nothing will be able to separate you from my love in Christ Jesus. No one is able to snatch you out of my hand and I will never leave you nor forsake you. You not only have a new father, but also a new family of brothers and sisters. You are now part of the people of God and together the life you now live is by faith in my son. Look to Jesus. Keep your eyes on him. He is the author and perfecter of your faith. Christ is in you by my spirit and you are in Christ Stay close to Jesus, abide in him, for your life is found in him. To live is Christ and to die is gain. Don't live by your own power or understanding, no, live by my spirit within you. Remember, I have given you the Holy Spirit to be with you and in you. The spirit will guide you into all truth, help you to obey me and empower you to do my work. As you seek me and see more of my glory, I am transforming you into the image of my son. One day you will be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet sound. When Jesus appears, you will be like him because you shall see him as he is. You will be delivered from your body of death through Jesus Christ, and your dwelling place will be with me, and I will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more. You will drink from the spring of the water of life without payment, and I myself will make for you a feast of rich food and well-aged wine." You will enter my rest, inherit the kingdom I've prepared for you and step into fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. But most of all, you will see my face and be with me where I am. Therefore, walk in a manner worthy of your calling. You are no longer darkness, but light in my son walk as children of light you are the light of the world a city set on a hill i have called you i have chosen you you are now a saint a servant a steward and a, a steward and a soldier you are a witness and a worker through jesus you are victorious you have a glorious future you are a citizen of heaven you are an ambassador for my son Oh, so good, isn't it? This is what God says over us. This is what he says. These are the truths we need to be filling our minds with. These are the ways we need to be aligning our thinking. If you found that passage helpful, there's some copies at the back you can help yourself to by the biscuits later. I just think it's so good to immerse ourselves in these truths. Things come along, things knock us, things take us down. We do it to ourselves, other people do it to us too, intentionally or otherwise. But God says, You are my beloved. We need to focus on Jesus. We need to focus on Jesus. You know, the danger is even if we're thinking we're not great or we're rubbish. We fill our time with thinking about ourselves. Whether that's a prideful thing or a, a putting ourselves down thing, we can spend so much time thinking about ourselves, we forget who actually we're supposed to be thinking about. Yes, it's good that we have godly thinking about ourselves, but actually it should never overtake our thinking about Christ. We need to focus on him. Hebrews 12.2, fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith. Fix our eyes on him. C.S. Lewis put it like this, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. You know, it's not about putting ourselves down, but actually it's spending time focusing on Jesus. And in all this discussion about how we should think about ourselves, yes, we need to make sure we align our thinking with God's thinking, but actually our priority should be spending time thinking about Jesus. He should increase and we should decrease. Let's keep Jesus central. And finally, if we're going to think correctly about ourselves, if we're going to think well and accept ourselves, we need to walk humbly before our God. We need to trust him. He knows what he's doing. Rick Warren put it provocatively like this. Spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experiences. These are the five things that make you you. I call them your shape. Accepting your shape, the unique way that God made you, that brings glory to him. It means to believe that God knows best. It all comes down to a matter of trust. Do you believe that God made a mistake when he made you? Or do you trust him, knowing that he has a plan for your life? Do you believe it? When you say, God, there are things I don't like about myself. I wish I had a different hair or a different colour of skin. I wish I was taller, shorter, skinnier. I wish I had more talent. I wish I could do that. I wish I looked like him. I wish I had her smart brain, and on and on and on. This kind of thing is basically telling God, you blew it. Everybody else is okay, But you goofed up big when you made me. When you reject yourself, you are in essence rejecting God because He's your creator. When you don't accept yourself, it's rebellion against God. You're saying, God, I know better than you. You should have made me different with a different set of strengths and a different set of weaknesses. But God says, No. I made you exactly to be you because I want you to be you with your strengths and your weaknesses. Both of them can give me glory if you'll just start doing what I made you to do instead of trying to be like everybody else. If we're to accept ourselves, we need to walk humbly before God and accept and trust Him. He knew what He was doing when He wove you together in your mother's womb, He knew what He was doing when He led you through different situations. He has a plan to give you hope and a future, to prosper you. Let's walk humbly before him. So accepting ourselves isn't about tolerance, it isn't about affirmation, it isn't about self-love or pride, but it is about loving and valuing ourselves the way that God loves and values us. And if we're going to foster an acceptance lifestyle, if we're going to learn to accept ourselves in a godly way, We need to avoid comparing ourselves to others, to opting out. We need to avoid putting ourselves down. Instead, we need to be honest with ourselves and with others. We need to forgive ourselves. We need to speak truth and align our thinking with what God says and thinks. We need to focus on Jesus and we need to walk humbly before God.